Today in Flex in the City, we talk to Bonjaman Collette, partner at Palana, as he shares insights on the synergy between cooking and finance, emphasizing the importance of diverse teams for success with the need to break the perception of financial industry. All that happening right now in Flex and the City. Hello, everybody. This is Rachel Trees with Flex and the City. And today I'm speaking to one of our Belgian network. His name is Benjamin Collette, and he is a partner at the organization called Palana that specializes in consulting work for the financial services industry. It's a real pleasure. C'est un grand plaisir, Benjamin, to have you here on Flex and the City. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks a lot to you. Real pleasure. So, Palana, just before we start and ask a little bit about you, I was quite curious. What does what does Palana mean? Is is it Latin? Is it you know what what what's Palana? Well, it's a good start because we when we chose the word, we that's exactly the uh, the reaction we wanted. People not understanding what it is. Uh, when when we created the company with my brother uh, about two years ago, we we had to find something that was short enough that people would remember it. And then that had a name that couldn't be really associated to anything. So we basically looked, like everyone, I guess, into the uh, the Greek mythology to be inspired. And uh, Palana stands for a mix between Pallas and Athena. Uh, and oh. you know, both of them share some some characteristics which we liked, which is, you know, they, they have wisdom, they, 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 have, they have strategy in mind. And we thought that by putting both together, Palas, Athena, that makes Palana, uh, was something that we had a story to tell about and yet was impossible to understand without talking to us. Fantastic. So creating curiosity, Benjamin. Exactly. Yes, that's the point. Absolutely. So I'm going to bring in my curiosity right now, and I'd love to find out a little bit more about your journey, you know, I think I think you and I have probably met over the, well, I've been here 30 years in, in Luxembourg, and I, I don't know how many years you've been in Luxembourg, but sometime, I think. So be really curious. I know you were born in Liège. So tell me a little bit about your journey and, and how you came to, to be living in Luxembourg and working in this industry. Well, it will not be a surprise to you that I'm, I'm, I'm a perfect and classic example of someone who moved to Luxembourg for a couple of years and 25 years later is still here and, and very well grounded here. So as you said, I was born in Belgium, in Liège, and you know I had to, at some point, choose what university to go to uh, mm-hmm. and what, what studies I wanted to do. And I basically had no, no real idea. It wasn't like today where on the internet you can get uh, you know, a lot of information. And I remember the movie I had seen with my grandfather, which was called Wall Street at the time. With my oh, right, yeah. um, and, you know, I liked the uh, New York uh, uh, type of investment banking activities and so on. And I thought, you know what, let's do business administration. Uh, and, and that's what I did in the University of Liège. So coming out of university was, you know, the first uh, check with reality. Uh, you can't just come out of university, go to New York and be an investment banker. So... At the time, there was uh, there were a few options: going to Brussels, going to London, going to Luxembourg. Which you need to remember, it's uh, in 1998, so not not as uh, not as mobile as it is today. So I, I decided to come to Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons, uh, as well, was that I wanted to stay close to my parents. Uh, you know, they're both uh, teachers. They they're the ones who uh, basically taught me a few of the 
things you might talk about when you talk about uh, skills that are required and so on. So Luxembourg seemed the perfect uh, place to to start a career. Uh, also because I wanted to wait for my uh, fiance at the time, who's still my wife today. She had another year to do in university, so I thought, you know, let's go to Luxembourg. Let's start there. My wife will join me, and then we'll we'll decide where we want to go. So I started at a bank which has been merged since, which was BGL, Banque Générale de Luxembourg. Okay. Trading room. So it was accomplishing a first dream. Uh huh. So a trader for a few years, trading with currency options derivatives. I did a bit of M and A with them as well. And then about two years later, I wanted to do something a bit different and started to look at London as a place to go to in investment banking. Okay. And my wife, that's been a constant uh, in my career and the different choices I made when I when I had to change uh, jobs. Really, really loved Luxembourg. She had joined me. She we had settled in Luxembourg. We'd, we'd had our first kid, mm-hmm. uh, and she she loved it here. You know, the social uh, environment. Uh, the, the 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 country is very connected and yet small enough so that you can know a lot of people. As uh, so you travel, you you can do a lot of activities here. Uh, so she she asked me to stay, and uh, that's when I decided not to go to London, where, where I had uh, an opportunity to uh, to join an investment bank. But uh, I stayed in Luxembourg and joined a company called Momentum, uh, which okay. is a platform basically which does investment fund distribution to to okay. financial advisors. Spent a few years there, uh, did a lot of projects, uh, and basically that uh, you know opened me to. Uh, doing projects, analysis, uh, cracking problems and so on. And after about five years of doing that, I, I you know, I wanted to become a consultant. Um, and that's when I joined uh, McKinsey. Wow. Okay. And that was, you know, a great moment, great time. I mean, fantastic organization. I learned a lot, uh, but I was traveling all the time, you know, outside of the country uh, every day of the week and sometimes the weekends. So I, um, I decided to come back. Uh, I've always been, you know, a domicile in Luxembourg, but was traveling too much. So I joined Deloitte in Luxembourg in 2006, okay. uh, uh, basically to continue working in the financial services industry. And uh, what was supposed to be uh, kind of an interim job until I find, you know, a company that I could go and work for, it became super experience. And I stayed with Deloitte for 15 years. Uh, I ended up being a partner there. Uh, overseeing the financial services industry for for the Luxembourg firm and doing a lot of projects with asset servicers, asset managers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was uh, that was the at, at this moment in time that's the longest I've been with a company, fifteen years. Wow! I left Deloitte to join uh, Arendt, uh, the law firm, as a as a partner, even though I'm not a lawyer myself, to be the CEO of uh, Arendt Services. Okay. Which, uh, after a while, my brother, uh, who, who was also a partner at Deloitte, uh, wanted basically to launch his own company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, entrepreneurship has been has always been appealing to me. And uh, as a consultant, I've had the chance to advise some, you know, very successful entrepreneurs. And also as a consultant, you keep telling yourself you're an entrepreneur because you can launch services, talk to clients. Uh, but we thought it would be a good time to, you know, do it on our own and really try try it. Uh, so we created Palana together as an advisory company, specialized and focused on asset managers and asset servicers. So really around asset management across all asset classes, and also with a second type of activity which we call managed services. So providing outsourcing solutions 
to asset managers and asset servicers on activities that they deem you know, better serviced if someone focused on this activity does it uh, for them. And that's why we're at at the moment. So how are you finding being an entrepreneur, having worked for these these incredible large corporates, Benjamin? Oh, super cool. cool. (laughs) Yeah, you know, when you you launch your own company, there is a lot of unknowns, a lot of of fear as well, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of risk. Uh, But I must say that uh, a couple of things have made our our, our journey so far uh, really interesting. The first one is, uh, we didn't do it, you know, at the age of 25 out, out of university with a bright ID. We, we did it, uh, both my brother and I, uh, you know, we, we were over our 40s, had a lot of experience in the market and had the chance to develop a network uh, throughout the years. And so uh, the, the the clients have been extremely welcoming uh, with us, you know, uh, reaching out, uh, asking us for advice, asking us for help. So I think this helped us a lot in the, in the first in the first weeks, the first months, and now the first years. So the um, the support from the clients has been fantastic, and that has alleviated a lot of the potential risks. Basically, the second uh, thing that was uh, really really good is I was used to working, you know, in a company like Deloitte or or Arendt, you're in a partnership and you have, you know, a lot of very senior people with a lot of experience that you can go to, you know, bounce ideas, use them as as a sounding board on anything you want to do. Um, And, you know, being just the two of us, Bastien, myself, uh, that was a bit of a limited uh, sounding board, I would say. And very early on, we met with uh, Nicolas Buc and and Renaud Jamar, who are the, uh, you know, the former VBS owners and now uh, Rana Vantera, uh, and I've known them for 20 years, uh, and they they also have been extremely helping at the beginning, you know, offering us to work from their offices, exchanging on a day-to-day basis. Um, that was also a lot of comfort to be able to, you know, to rely on, on such senior and experienced people uh, as we were launching our own operations. That that helped a lot to a point that, you know, today we're we're now all partners, so we're, we're four senior partners, I would say, in our company. We're more partners than that, but uh, we, we, we've we now decided to work all together, put all our companies together into a group uh, to, to to deliver some uh, some more and broader services to, to our clients. Absolutely. And and I, I noticed there was a couple of words that really grabbed my attention when I looked at your website, Bonjour, which was disruption and boldness. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about those those words and, and what they what they mean and what the impact of those is. Sure, you know there I'll, I'll I'll talk a little bit about our managed services operations. The financial services industry uh, is an industry which you know has always been extremely successful here in Luxembourg. Uh, the country has been great to innovate before the other European countries to create a home where uh, asset managers and asset servicers find you know the, the perfect recipe for for their investment funds and all the services around this. But uh, it's also an industry that is uh, still quite uh, anchored into the old ways of working. You know, we have legacy systems that are, you know, decades old. We have processes which are inefficient. And I could go on for for hours on that. And one of the chances 
that we've had, you know, creating a company from scratch and also being partner with a fintech, Avantera, mm-hmm. is that in terms of disruption, we could really start from a white piece of paper, select the best systems uh, to, to build our operations on. And f- when, when I look at some of our clients, uh, which have to deal with, you know, investment, which are not amortized yet, systems which are maybe inefficient or not up to, you know, the latest technological developments, We've been able, and that's the disruption part, we've been able to build something which is really efficient from the first day, Mm -hmm. uh, really oriented to, uh, you know, delivering the right services, the right value added. Uh, with as many synergies as possible. And that's, that's really what, uh, why we refer to what we're doing as disruptive. We have no legacy. We, we've been able to select the best systems. We've been able to build on a, you know, databases, data models, which connect all of the different links in the value chain of services that our clients are requesting. Uh, and that's what I believe, uh, strongly believe today, cre- cre- what creates a lot of the added value that we bring to our clients. Um, when it comes to boldness, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit of a, you know, it's a nice word. It's a consultant uh, uh, buzzword, I would say. But a boldness in, in that context stands for the, the willingness from the first day to not build one service or, or one activity, go and, you know, capture some clients uh, on this service, but really try to cover the full value chain as quickly as possible. Uh, that has created some challenges, of course, because you can only be as good, regardless of the system, you can only be as good as the, the, the quality of the people that you have on board. And, you know, as a startup, it takes a bit of time to, to uh, hire and onboard very experienced and knowledgeable people. So uh, the, the last two years have been quite, uh, quite intense in terms of attracting the right talents, making sure we, we have the level of seniority that is required by, by our clients. But we really wanted from the first day to be able to tell our clients, look, um, there are a lot of different reporting needs or, or other type of managed services that you might you might want. We're going to service you across the full value chain and try to help you create the synergies for you for you uh, on these services. And that's that's the boldness uh, in what we've been doing. Very good. So so just taking those words, disruption and and boldness. I know you have. Children, remind me how many children you have, Benjamin. Uh, three, three children. Okay, and and remind me how old they are. Uh, you know, as a, as a good Belgian, you know, we 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 want to marry early, have have a house, have children, have a dog. So I I, I did the to do list very diligently. So my, my children are uh, the the eldest. My daughter is uh, uh, twenty two years old. Uh, my second uh, is a boy, and he's nineteen. Just started okay. university yesterday. Um, uh, today, actually, um, and um, my my uh, last son uh, is uh, thirteen. Right. So, so if any of your children were to enter the financial services industry, what advice would you would you give them? Uh, you know, it might seem cheesy, uh, but I think the best advice that one can get, and that's true for financial services and any other uh, type mm. of service uh, activity, I would say is to keep learning throughout your career. Um, I must say that, uh, you know, I, I, I've been here for 25 years now, and if there is one thing that's been a constant for myself, for the people I've worked with uh, across the years, 
um, is that things change at a speed that is uh, impressive. And it, it's constantly mm. changing. You have new regulation, new technology, uh, new people coming to the market. And the, the ability to keep learning and never you know, stand on you know, what you've learned and try to build from that, but keep learning more and more and more is really, I think, one of the ingredients of success. Absolutely. So, so in in terms of, of of then the skills that are needed um, in financial services, because of that speed and and how fast it's moving, what are the skills that you think are going to be needed in the next five to ten years, Benjamin? Um, to me, the the most important skills at the moment are all the ones uh, that that revolve around technology. Uh, I think you know knowing how to program is key either because you will apply it in practice in your in your work or because that will give you uh, the way of thinking that can help you make things a lot more efficient create synergies along the way uh we mean at the moment the the, the hot topic is obviously uh, artificial intelligence and natural language programming and so on uh, and i think we we were just at the beginning of a new era in our in our industry where uh, I'm not one of the people that believe that, you know, or artificial intelligence or computers will take our job. But I think the people that will be successful tomorrow with these new technologies are people that can really connect uh, these technologies, understand them and connect them with, you know, regulation, which is also yeah. one of the foundations of our industry, uh, connect them with service and service quality and all the other more traditional skills and elements that you need in your day to day work. So technology savviness is probably the skill that people should invest in. Very good. Uh, and if there was a game, a real game changer that you think would make financial services better, if you could have a magic wand and you could change the industry overnight, Benjamin, what do you think that would be if you you could make that happen? It's a very interesting question. And I will not answer it by talking about the financial industry itself. Um, but more about uh, our clients, uh, and I mean our end clients, the investors, you know, the, the retail client which invests into financial products that, that go to banks to get a mortgage and so on. I think there is kind of a, if you talk to the wider public, and, and we're a little bit biased here in Luxembourg because the financial industry is so oversized. But if you if we go to other countries, what, what has always uh, shocked me is the, 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 the lack of financial education and the lack of understanding of the yeah. products, the dynamics. So if you, if you were to ask me, uh, you know, with my magic wand, what I would do is first, I would try to remove this impression or perception that the financial services industry is kind of a private club where with very limited number of members. Uh, and two, I would try to uh, increase the level of education of the wider public into what is the financial industry, what are financial products, how uh, they can use it to their benefits in their life uh, for, for more financial security, for more, you know, like uh, evolution throughout their life of, of how they consume these products. That, that's what I would say. I love it. And that's why you've been invited to this podcast. I love everything you said in those two sentences. It's so, so important, Benjamin. In your career, and we'll come on to some of your hobbies. Uh, if, if we imagine, you know, these financial services companies are all beautiful sources inside jars that we could use in, in cooking. One of the things that you, over your career, have been able to do quite beautifully, I imagine, is to be able to read the label. You know, has there been a particular 
pattern when you're when you're reading the labels is is there a new trend in in the labels that you uh, reading right now tell me a little bit about because again you've got the benefit of being able to stand outside these organizations uh, well I, I will talk about probably more what is uh, impairing them or, or slowing them down rather than yeah. what's motivating them um interacting with clients as a consultant not as a service provider i mean you know, i've had the chance to to exchange with um you know, very senior, very senior clients. And what has always struck me is that they're, you know, they, they spend a lot of time trying to understand what's happening around them. Mm-hmm. Probably that's why they're in their position, successful senior, senior leaders. But if I, if I, you know, throughout the projects that we've been doing, if I, if you talk about labels, um, if there are a couple of things that, 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 that's, you know, I've, I've read on these labels, uh, as you say, is people tend to be a bit more, a bit too focused, I would say, on the what I would call the internal dynamics, rather mm-hmm. than taking the time to look outside of their either their organization itself or even outside of their industry. Mm-hmm. I know too many times uh, we we've seen uh, companies that we, we were doing projects at uh, where people you know were focused on you know the system they were using and how to use the system and how to evolve the system rather than thinking outside of the box. Too many times. And that's also probably something that's specific in Luxembourg, uh, with a lot of the headquarters of our clients being outside of the country and sometimes far away. Mm-hmm. Too many times people spend a lot of time, rightly so, but to some extent, focusing on, you know, what are the, 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 the guidelines from headquarters, what I should do so headquarters is positive on, on my actions. And I think sometimes, you know, handling that is important, but sometimes taking a bit of a step back and looking at competition, mm-hmm. how they're developing, looking at, looking at new engines, challengers, uh, especially you know if you make the link with what we talked about earlier on the technology revolution that, that's going on at the moment. Uh, I think spending a bit of time in understanding those dynamics can bring a lot of uh, new uh, ideas that can be deployed into the, uh, the day-to-day world. Very good. So, so, so talking a little bit more about um, um, jars, with your permission, my last question, when you're not being a great husband, great dad, and doing financial services work, is there something else that you like doing in your spare time? Well, first of all, I will never say that I'm a great husband and a great dad. You'd have to ask my my wife and kids for that. Um, I won't give that. I won't give myself the award. Um, but um, what do I like to do when I'm not at work? I, I wish I could answer that. You know, I like to uh, run 20k every weekend and and you know uh, swim for for miles and miles and doing triathlon. But unfortunately, I'm not. Uh, I, I've given given up on this. Uh, <laughs> I try to stay in shape, but not not enough. Now, what I really like doing is cooking. Uh, I love to, uh, you know, that's how I empty my brain over the weekends. It's uh, cooking something good. I hope for the family. Very good. And what is your favorite cuisine when you're cooking? You know, um, I, I love to cook Italian cuisine and French cuisine, but uh, what I really love doing is, you know, you, you, I'm sure you're familiar with all of these uh, cooking shows on TV and that, mm. that they have. Uh, I like, I don't sleep a lot. So when I wake up at night, I read and I, I like to look at these shows uh, on my iPad. And what I really love doing is to look at one of the one of the shows and then over the weekend try to recreate and, you know, give myself the challenge to to do the same thing that I've seen on TV. And so, so I'm curious, what is it in, in the work that you're doing, creating these recipes and, and being really innovative? Um, what is it, do you think, 
the financial services industry can learn from that process that you 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 go through at the weekend. Oh, learn what can we learn in financial services from cooking? Well, first of all, uh, that's even if you have all the right ingredients and the best chef in the world, you can still screw up the recipe. Uh-huh. It doesn't have to be uh, good every time. It's a, it's a, it's an ongoing process where if you know if you fail, you do it better the next time. Uh, that's probably the first thing. The second one is that uh, it takes a lot of ingredients to have uh, the right uh, the right recipe and to please your guests. And I think that's probably the the, the, the thing that is the most applicable. Um, I think you know we with uh, uh, diversity with inclusion and you know the, the very trendy uh, buzzwords as well. Uh, that we are learning and listening to at the moment, there is a lot of application because in, a, in in the kitchen, you need many different ingredients. In the industry, there's been a lot of pressure to, you know, be more diverse, be more inclusive. Yeah. And it's very similar. And I think the power of having people from different nationalities, different sex, different cultural backgrounds is something that, you know, the world is focusing on, but something specifically that Luxembourg has been doing extremely well mm-hmm. for, for lack and shortage of, of human resources, to be honest. But at least we get the benefit of attracting so many foreigners in the country mm-hmm. uh, that we can really leverage that to the success of the, uh, of the financial market. I couldn't agree with those statements more. Benjamin Colette, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon on Flex in the City. Well, thank you very much for for inviting me. You just listened to Flex in the City. Catch us on our next episode.